0: Good day, everybody, and what's up? Welcome to the podcast for Selfless Sex and She Comes First. I am Dr. Nick Myers, sitting here on January 23rd in the afternoon with the football games on in the background, but that's a whole other story. I hope everyone out there is doing well. I thank everyone out there for the likes and the shares, especially to my tribe on Instagram. I'm slowly closing in on a... Nice milestone over there, so I do appreciate all the likes and the shares, and I can't forget about my folks on Facebook and YouTube and all the other good stuff, so thank you, thank you everyone out there for all the support. Today, I want to talk about something uh, very interesting. As I was putting this podcast together, I'm sitting here learning a whole bunch of stuff about a topic I never really thought about before. And it's called anorgasmia. And a couple of weeks ago, I did a podcast on anorgasmia in women. But this time, this podcast is about anorgasmia in men. Believe it or not, yes, it actually does occur. So I'm not going to waste any more time. So let's jump right into it. What is male anorgasmia? It is defined as the persistent or recurrent difficulty delay in or absence of attaining orgasm after sufficient sexual stimulation, which causes personal distress. And just like in female anorgasmia, there are four types. First one is primary, the inability to orgasm, which extends since the man's first sexual experience. So in other words, this gentleman has never been able to have an orgasm. Number two, secondary, the inability to orgasm, which developed at a later stage in life, meaning that previously he was able to have an orgasm, and then over time, for whatever reason, he is no longer able to. Number three, generalized, the inability to reach an orgasm in all cases of sexual stimulation. And number four, situational. The inability to reach an orgasm only in certain instances, for example, only with a certain partner or, for example, only during sex, but not during masturbation. And according to the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, somewhere between 8 to 14 percent of men are dealing with anorgasmia, and secondary anorgasmia is the most common. Before I get too far into the treatment and the causes, I have to mention one thing first, and that's the male sexual response cycle. Because I have, to, I have to mention here orgasm and ejaculation, because people get them confused all the time. And I just want to get some clarification and some clarity going on here. Because in the male sexual response cycle, there's typically four pieces to it. I've seen five, I've seen six, okay? People just doing too much sometimes. I get it, but for the sake of argument here, let's stick with four. Number one is desire, number two is arousal, number three is orgasm and ejaculation, and number four is resolution. So I really wanna focus in on number three, orgasm and ejaculation. In the quote-unquote orgasm phase, there, the there are two separate processes that that going on that typically happens, e- ejaculation and orgasm. But here's the key though. A man can reach an orgasm without ejaculation or coming, and a man can also ejaculate without having an orgasm. See what I'm saying? So yes, they are two separate things, but. For the most part, in most men, when things are functioning normally, they happen at the exact same time. But, 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 so yes, a man can have an orgasm without ejaculation, and he can ejaculate with having, without having an orgasm. So let's. So I, I had to set that table first before I can get into some of the other pieces, especially t- talking about some of the causes. So just like I did before when I was discussing anorgasmia in women, I want to focus in on two major causes of anorgasmia in, in men, which are psychological and physical. So here I'm going to talk about the psychological causes first. So number one is depression. So of course depression and other mood disorders are typically all, all, always almost always tied together with sexual dysfunctions in men. Number two, anxiety and performance anxiety, also known as stress. And stress and anxiety tend to go together, which can make it difficult for you to even get an erection to begin with. And and add to that, it can also make it more difficult for you to achieve an orgasm. Number four, lack of sexual arousal meaning that if you're not aroused you're less likely to have an orgasm and add to that even if you're taking medication just so you can have an erection and you're aroused and you're not aroused excuse me you're still less likely to have an orgasm why you're not turned on period number five is unique masturbation habits now some men out there may masturbate in a very unique way. They have their own technique. They may they may use a different type of lube or no lube at all. They could be very vigorous in their activities. They may masturbate several times a day or every hour on the hour. So you can think about it like this. Excessive masturbation can also reduce your arousal, which in turn can make it more difficult to or more difficult for you to end up having an orgasm. Number five is relationship issues. So let's say that you and your partner are just not vibing anymore, or you're you're just arguing all the time, or more than normal something happened. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stress in a relationship. And um, bottom line is, you actually may not want that person to even touch you anymore. You know. So think about it like this, you know, so yes, you may, you may be able to get an erection enough to perform, but you may not be able to finish because of all the underlying stress, anger, hostility that you're holding towards this person. And number six is negative attitudes towards sex. And this can appear in, in many, many various forms, including trauma from sexual abuse or some sort of, um, Sexual phobias, or even if, if, here's an important one if you were raised in a very strict and religious household that held negative views towards sex and sexuality, where I like to say the old quote is that sex is nasty, gross, and, and, and sinful, so, so you should save it for someone who you love. You got messages like that, that can also lead to the development of anorgasmia. Next, I would like to discuss some other physical conditions which can cause anorgasmia in men. And right off the bat, I have to say side effects from medication, and that's number one. And these medications can include antidepressants, antipsychotics, and opioids. And just to go back to the antidepressants, these are some of the more popular brands, including. Prozac, Zoloft, and Selexa because they are SSRIs, or selective serotonin re-up inhibitors. And they're known for their sexual side effects to begin with. So just taking those medications can also inhibit you from having orgasms. Number two, hormonal issues. Meaning, especially for men, if you are dealing with low testosterone and underactive thyroid or high levels of prolactin, that can interfere with your ability to have an orgasm. Now, even with friends of mine, I recommend to them that if they are above 40 years old, they get their thyroid levels and hormone levels checked at least twice a year or once every six months. Number three is the loss of penile sensitivity. So of course, if you're not getting getting the pleasurable sensations from masturbation or from partnered sex, it's going to make it more difficult for you to orgasm. But please keep in mind, generally speaking, generally speaking, here, men tend to lose sensation in their penis with age. But it, but if you notice a loss of sensation that comes on pretty quickly and you're fairly young, please go to the doctor because he may he or she may refer you out to a urologist for more testing, because it could be caused by something else. Number five is drugs and alcohol. And of course, if you are abusing drugs and alcohol, they will most definitely have some sort of negative side effects towards your sexual health, including sexual dysfunctions, which would also include anorgasmia. And of course, I here I also have to add opioids to that list too, because people don't really think about how they interact with the body. But yes, opioids can definitely interfere with your ability to have an orgasm. And finally, number five, medical conditions. Now some of these medical conditions include multiple sclerosis, pelvic injuries, diabetic neuropathy, injuries from surgery, spinal cord injuries, prostate surgery, hypogonadism, and hypertension also known as high blood pressure, high blood pressure can also can have impact or contribute to your ability to have issues trying to orgasm during sex or during masturbation. So here briefly I just want to talk about diagnosis and most commonly a doctor would start with a simple blood test just to check your hormone levels. And also, they may run other blood tests to see if there are other unknown medical conditions that you didn't actually know about, which could happen, which could be impacting your ability to have an orgasm. Next, your doctor would probably go through any medications that you are currently taking and check them for sexual side effects. So, in turn, this is the this is the time where the doctor or you should mention to your doctor about wanting to change those medications to something else. So like you won't have those sexual side effects and you won't be dealing with anorgasmia. And then the doctor may refer you out for a sexual therapy where you can actually speak to someone about some of the psychological issues that could be coming to the surface now that you've been holding back for years or decades. But just some, sometimes, just having the ability just to talk to someone and work through them and get them out of your system, just get them off your chest, could relieve a lot of stress in your life, which in turn could actually makes you make your sex life better. Therefore, your anagasmia may actually go away. And finally, after your doctor rules out some of the medical conditions or medications that you are taking, um, he or she may re- may recommend that you um, go through with some further testing, which could, which could include a penile sensitivity test. And that's in rare cases, but it does happen. So, this, so that's how typically anorgasmia can and will be diagnosed. And finally, I want to talk about some of the treatment options for anorgasmia in men. And luckily, I mentioned some of these already, so this section won't take that long. So, like, for example, I mentioned side effects from medication that you're currently taking, especially, like, for antidepressants. This is where your doctor can prescribe you a different type of medication that has fewer or different types or no sexual side effects. If you're dealing with low testosterone, the doctor may be able to prescribe you TRT or testosterone replacement therapy, and if you're dealing with a hormonal imbalance, the doctor can prescribe medications to help restore that balance. Um, and also medications. And currently, that I was able to find, there are no med- FDA-approved medications that deal with anorgasmia in men. I saw something talking about Dostinex. I believe that's supposed to help. And I also stumbled across an article that mentioned um, oxytocin as a potential means to help men who are dealing with anorgasmia, but nothing has been FDA approved yet at all. I also want to mention sexual therapy and psychotherapy, because many of us are going through things right now, dealing with COVID, the loss of loved ones, um, you know, trauma from our, our past back when we were younger, such on and so forth that are appearing now and they're really causing a negative impact in our sexuality and our sexual health, including anorgasmia. So just having a time with someone who specializes in sexual health issues can really help you work through them so you you can go back to enjoying your sexuality. And finally, changing up your, your masturbation habits. So you may not want to masturbate as as vigorously and or as often as you had in the past. So maybe you can let yourself kind of like relax a little bit and let your arousal build back up again. Instead of or and or changing your technique. Maybe you can buy a machine versus, um, you know, like a quote unquote blowjob machine or a, a vibrator or a cock ring or something else. Or well, just try try something different, so so like you're not always overstimulated, and especially um, if you're going to try to engage in some sort of partner sexuality, you really need to back off a bit. And and, and that's also th- that's also something that you can do is just kind of try to take some time off and, and let your body relax a little bit, come down from that high that that you've been riding for all those days, months, or possibly even years. Oh. So to close up this podcast, I just want to say that um, this had to be one of the more interesting podcasts I feel I've done in a, in a while because it's a topic that people really don't think about because the joke is that oh yeah, guys always finish too fast but what about if a guy can't finish at all and how does that make him feel and why is he going th- dealing with, with anorgasmia and the, uh, then on the flip side how is his partner feeling? What happens if his if um, his or her partner can't make him finish? You know, because we all grew up in the same society, you know, having male orgasm and or ejaculation and the pleasure that comes with it. But if you're a partner, but if you're this individual's partner and, and he's unable to get there, quote unquote, how does that make you feel? Or how can that make you feel? You see what I'm saying? So that's why I just... Dis- thought that this this topic was really interesting. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have um, questions or comments or just thoughts in general, please leave them down below. So on that note, I am out. You guys have a great day. Stay tuned. I'll talk to you soon.